You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Vision, Part 1 of 2. Enjoy. Father, we love you. We bless you. And we're here in your presence where two or more are gathered in your name, Jesus. There you are. And I thank you, whatever the need is today, every physical need is met by your presence. Every uh, health concern is met right now in Jesus' name. Every financial concern, every, uh, every future concern, every current concern is met in you. Holy Spirit, show yourself to us as only you can do. Open the eyes of our heart wider to see you as you are. Reveal yourself to us by your spirit, Father, and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, as Jennifer told you, in just two Wednesdays from now, April 16th, so not this Wednesday, but April 16th, we're going to have our first get-together. And a get-together is really, uh, it's a very simple thing. We're going to do them once a week, and it's just a small group of us coming together in each other's homes. We hang out, we have some snacks, we get to know each other, have a short little Bible study, 10, 15 minutes, discussion time, then we pray for each other, and that's it. Simple. And we're going to start doing that once a week, and we're going to kick it off. We're a brand new church. We're going to kick it off at our house, at the Bosco's, and you're all invited. Awesome. So please come. And so make sure before you leave uh, to sign up on the clipboard there. We just want to know um, how many people are coming so we can make sure we, we've got room. <laughs> All right? So please come up here and just fill out that clipboard. Let us know you're going to be there. That's April 16th. And our goal is once we start there, then we want to branch out and cover New England. Okay? We want, we want to go as far north as we can go, as far west, east, and south. Uh, we just say, go God. We are planning for much increase here at Highway Church. We'll fill the theater. We were planning on, we want to buy um, acres and acres of land. We want a, a large, um, a large congregation of thousands upon thousands upon thousands from the north, south, east, and west. A church like New England's never seen. All right? So we're believing God for that, and small groups is a really important part of that. So that's what we're going to talk about this Sunday and next Sunday. We're going to talk about small groups, get-togethers, and why they're so important, okay? And we're going to start by sharing um, the vision of Highway Church, okay? And the very first Sunday we met in February, I shared the vision, but very briefly, and didn't go into a lot of detail. So we're just going to dig deeper today, and we're going to share the vision and here's the vision statement, okay? This is the vision of Highway Church. It's very simple. We see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in His destiny for their lives. So there's three elements, vibrant, growing church, experiencing God, and moving forward. And you'll see those on the banner out there. You'll see experiencing, growing, and moving on the banner, okay? Now, where does that come from? Where does that vision statement come from? It actually comes from Isaiah chapter 35. The name of Highway Church and the vision come from Isaiah chapter 35. Let's go in our Bibles to Isaiah 35. It's a short little chapter back in Isaiah. I'm in Jeremiah. That's wrong, but okay. Isaiah 35. And this is something, as, as I was seeking the Lord over the years, Going back many years, probably, oh, 20 or so, um, I began to recognize things in my heart that I didn't fully understand. And, and I've been walking with the Lord about 25 years, 
And with each year, those things would become clearer inside. And as we got to present day, those things led up to the day we're at now, where we began this new church. And, and I, as, as, as this day grew closer, I said, God, what is your vision for this new church? What is your vision? What is the name for it? I just want a simple name that has powerful meaning that people can remember. I don't want dum da dum da 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 church. I just want something, two syllables, you know, simple. And so I was in my time alone with the Lord, as I do. I get alone with the Lord in the morning as often as I can. I treasure that time. And I was reading in Isaiah, and I was reading in Isaiah 35, and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. Let's read it together. So we've got verse 1, and it's on the screens. You can follow along on the screens if you want. The wilderness and the wasteland, the solitary place, one translation says, shall be glad, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. The message translation, verses 1 and 2, on the screens as well. Wilderness and desert will sing joyously. The badlands will celebrate and flower like the crocus in spring. Bursting into blossom, a symphony of song and color, God's resplendent glory fully on display, God awesome, God majestic. Verse 2 in the New Living Translation, there the Lord will display his glory, the splendor of our God. Verse 3 in the New Living, with this news, what news? That the wastelands, the badlands, the solitary places, the dry and barren lands are going to be transformed by the presence of God. Hello, New England. With this news, strengthen them who strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Back to the King James, New King James, verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and confirm, make firm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Has God come and saved us? Jesus came. He saved us through faith in him. We are as saved as you can get. Right? He's delivered us. He's rescued us. He's redeemed us. He's called us his own. Verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open. Amen. Highway church. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Amen. Highway church. Then the lame man shall leap as in heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. Amen. Highway church. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Only God can do that. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, dragons are symbolic of of spirits of darkness, right? Where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. In other words, blossoming, vibrant, growing people, right? That's why Highway Church, our color is green, because green things grow. That's why our logo is green, vibrant and growing. 
uh, verse 8 in the New Living Translation. Excuse me, verse 6. Lame men and women will leap like deer. The voiceless break into song. Springs of water will burst out in the wilderness. Streams flow in the desert. Hot sands will become a cool oasis. Thirsty ground, a splashing fountain. Even lowly jackals will have water to drink. And barren grasslands flourish richly. And verse 8, here it is, and a highway shall be there. Amen. And it's when I read that, the Lord, boom, I said, there it is. That's the name of the church, Highway Church. A highway is a structure that enables you to get from where you are to where you long to be. We get on the highway, and that's what this church is. That's the calling upon this church to take you from where you are into the fullness of God's destiny for your life. So God starts out by talking about this wilderness, this barren, abandoned, dry desert. Have you ever felt like that? I have. Have you ever felt a solitary place, I think the King James says, where you're alone, where you feel like no one understands you, right? He starts talking about this place, and, and, he's, and he said it's going to be transformed by his presence. Speaking of wilderness, let's talk about New England. <laughs> now, if you're from here, you may not realize that New England's a little different, okay? My wife and I came from the, the Midwest, uh, about almost 20 years ago. And I, I want you to know this. New England has a powerful spiritual history, a powerful biblical history. Almost 400 years ago, in 1620, that was a while ago, right? A very small group of people absolutely left everything to come here on a little ship called the Mayflower. And why did they do it? There were no factories here. There were no job opportunities here. There were no homes that they knew about here. They did it for one reason. They wanted to be free to read the scriptures, to read the Bible, and to worship Jesus Christ. Because where they lived, they couldn't do that. They were being tortured and persecuted for simply reading the Bible and applying it to their lives. They said, we've got to go, we've got to get away. We've got to come to a place where we're free to worship Jesus Christ. And they left everything. Can you imagine that? No cell phones. I don't think iPads were even around then, right? They left everything just for this, to worship the living God. And from that small group of people, a nation was born, a free nation. From their faith, a nation was born that the earth has never, has never seen a nation like this on the earth. And still today, people come from all over to be free in this nation. But something happened along the way. There's a, a group called the Barna Group. They do studies and statistics. And I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in, in studies and statistics because there are a lot of factors that can affect the results. But Barna Group does this yearly study. And in 2014, they came out with the results. And what they, they studied 100 me metropolitan areas in America. And they wanted to determine who's the most Bible-minded and the least Bible-minded, okay? And by Bible-minded, they mean in these metropolitan areas, there's regular Bible reading 
And, and, and a lot of the people there believe in the accuracy of the Bible. And guess who came in at the bottom? Number 98. Anyone want to guess? Number 98 on the list, the least Bible-minded cities in America, Boston, Massachusetts, and Manchester, New Hampshire. Guess who was at the very bottom? Least Bible-minded. Yep. New Bedford, Massachusetts, and Providence, Rhode Island were considered to be the least Bible-minded cities in America. Now, that's a huge difference from the, the beginning of New England. If you'll study the history, the real history, not the CNN version, but the primary source, if you'll study the writings of Governor Bradford, and you'll study the writings of these men and women, and, and the, their, their motivation, the way they lived, you'll find out great churches were birthed in New England. Great revivals took place. And the Bible was an integral part of the New England culture. Amen. Well, how do we get from that to number 100? Well, I think one of the most important factors of that is we went from uh, relationship into religion. You see? And if you walk into a mainline New England church today, I guarantee you that your experience there is vastly different than what it was like when it was founded. Across the board, if you would walk into, the, into any denominational church, Today, as compared to what it was like when it was founded 200 or more years ago, you're going to have a vastly different experience. What happened? See, have you remember Martin Luther and the Reformation? He had a revelation that was, was, was very uh, remote and, and not available. And he realized the Holy Spirit showed him that we're saved by grace through faith. That was huge. Right? And, and that, was, that was like a fighting ground. And he realized that. And he, he, he said, you know what? We, we've got to change the way we think. He was in a church, a real big one. And he realized that, that God's word said differently than what this big church he was a part of was teaching. Well, every denomination you'll find that. That the founder had a revelation where something in the scriptures opened up to them. And it came alive in them. And they say, we've got to change the way we think. We've got to do things differently. We've got to get back to Jesus. Yes. But somewhere along the line, uh, from, from the, that, that relationship was not passed on to the next generation. I mean, I've just been a, on the earth for a little while, and I've seen churches change in like five and ten years, 15 years, where it's like not even the same church it was just 15 years ago where the, the life isn't flowing like it used to, right? The vibrancy isn't there. The faith is not there. The joy is not there. The peace is not there. But there's, there's their traditions and their ceremonies. So what ends up happening, somewhere along the way, this revelation comes to someone. And they, and they enter into this new dimension of relationship with God. But then they'll start building their traditions around it. They'll start building their monuments around it. Start building their ceremonies and their doctrine around it. And the coming generations don't want that. They want the real thing. And so you've got the current generation who had the initial revelation, and now they've got these walls built around the thing, and the, coming, the, the, the succeeding generations want to get to Jesus, but they keep running into these traditions. And eventually they go elsewhere because they want the real thing. Okay? So that's what happened in this area. But praise God, he's changing things. 
New England's best days are coming to us, are right ahead of us, right around the corner. And I think a scripture that captures uh, the spirit of religion, and Paul said it um, in Timothy, 2 Timothy verse 3, verse 5, he said, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So you've got this church, you know, you've got the, you've got the scriptures, you've got all the elements, and, there, and there's an element of godliness there, but the life and power is not there. See? Now, in, in Philippians chapter 3, go ahead and turn there, and this will be on the screens as well. I want to read to you the heart of a disciple. This is the heart of Highway Church. This is what we're all about, okay? This is, we're, we, our purpose, and we've shared this with you each week, is to lead people into relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what leads to the vision, okay? So relationship. Verse 7, Paul's talking, and he says, but all these things, this kind of describes, I think, of the pilgrims, the king. But all these things that I once thought very worthwhile, now I've thrown them all away so that I can put my trust and hope in Christ alone. Leaving family, leaving the area that I grew up in, leaving everyone I know just to worship him. Verse 8, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I mean, $1,000 might look like a lot of money until you stack it up next to a billion, right? So he's saying everything else is worthless when compared with, right, the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, intimacy with him. I've put aside all else, counting it worth less than nothing. Why? So that I can have Christ personally. Verse 9, and become one with him, no longer counting on being saved by being good enough or by obeying God's laws. That's religion. Right? By, by my ceremonies, my sacraments, my traditions. And Paul knew those. He knew a ton of them. He was an expert in tradition and religion. But by trusting Christ to save me, he left it all and put his faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on man's theology. No. Depends on what? Counting on Christ alone. The moment we begin to put our faith in anyone or anything else, there's a distance that begins to grow, and we're drifting from him. And in every denomination or every, every church with a life of swine, I see that there's, at some point they began to put their trust in their tradition and in their method. And everyone's got to come through our method to be valid in God's eyes. Mm -mm. Christ alone. Christ alone. That's all we're about. Just Jesus here at Highway Church. Just Jesus. Nothing more nothing less. Verse 10. Now I have given up everything else. Look at this. I have found it to be the only way to really know Christ. What? That's what he said. And to experience the mighty power that brought him back to life again. Wow. See, it's the absence of relationship with Christ that makes life barren and dry and solitary. 
kind of reminds me of The Lion King. How many people have seen Disney's Lion King movie? Wow, some people haven't seen it. Okay. Lion King. Yeah, big film Disney made many years ago. But it reminds me, uh, I think of the kingdom when Mufasa was in charge. Wasn't it fun? Mufasa was in charge. He was the king lion. And, and everyone was so happy. It was blossoming. You see the beginning scenes. It's green. Simba's born. It's just a, a celebration in the kingdom. And then something happens. Scar comes along, and he, he betrays the king, and he deceives the citizens of the kingdom, and everything changes. And the, and the kingdom becomes a dry, barren place like the elephant graveyard. Remember that? And, and things begin to die. And the green grass starts to dry, turn dry and dark and, and wither away. And there's just hard ground that's broken up. But thank God the sun returned. Simba came back, right? The sun came. And he restored the kingdom to what it was intended to be. Well, thank God Jesus has come. See, that's what happened when Adam separated himself from God. The earth became like the elephant graveyard. It became a dark, uh, dry, barren place. But Christ came that rivers of life would flow again. Not through man's theology, not through a system of do's and don'ts, but simply through faith in him, counting on Christ alone. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says that, that God took us out of the elephant graveyard and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. We've been taken out of that dry place. So this wilderness is transformed by the presence of God. Well, let's think if we had a, let's say we had an, uh, uh, 10 acres of dry, barren wasteland. Dry ground, brittle. You look at it, it cracks all through it. How would we transform that dry, barren land? Well, we'd break it up. Right? You break it up, bring some machines in, your hose, your picks. Break that ground up. Right? Need to break it up and you need to nourish that soil. Put some cow chips on it. Right? <laughs> some fertilizer. You guys know how many people know what a cow chip is? All right. Do you know there's a cow chip festival in Dayton, Massachusetts? How many people have been to the cow chip festival? I think it's like the last weekend in May, a little promo for Dayton, first week. Uh, you have to go online and find out what that is. Anyway, yeah, you get some cow chips up in there, right? Put it on that. You fertilize the ground, and you need water, a lot of water, and you need seed. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes into our lives, and he breaks up the ground of our heart. He opens our heart to who he is, and he nourishes us with his love and with his word. And who he is begins to grow on the inside of us. We're born again. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 38, he said, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You can't have barren land when water is flowing because things automatically begin to grow. God is good. So it's the presence of God. So it's the presence of God. So at Highway Church... We keep things simple. Our purpose is way simple. We want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all you need. If you'll just get to know him in your own heart. So when no one else is around, you'll learn to be satisfied, to have your needs met just through faith in him. I mean, this is a God that, that walks on water. Fire can't burn him. He feeds crowds of thousands with a couple fish. This is the God who lives in you. And he wants you to experience this supernatural life where every chain is broken, 
where you're free to live again, where you're free to experience love again, where you're free to love again. That's who he is. And so that's all we're about, leading people into relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't have any religion here at Highway Church. If we catch any, we're just going to kind of gently move it out the door, okay? We just want to focus on Jesus. We want Jesus to be so big here. We want him to be giant in Highway Church. When people come in, they just know him. They just experience him. Because we know, like Paul said, it's the only way to really experience life. All right? So Highway Church, simple purpose. We read you our mission statement, right? As a result of people growing in relationship with Christ, man, we see a vibrant, growing church bursting at the seams where people are experiencing God and moving forward in his destiny for their lives. Now, that's the, that's the, the why and the what. Why is our purpose, right? To lead people in a relationship with Jesus Christ. What? That's the vision. Well, that's what we see. Now, what's the how? How are we going to do this? The how is really simple. There are three parts of our how. Loving God, loving people, and serving in his kingdom. That's it. This is how this, this vision is going to be fulfilled. Loving God, loving people, and serving in his kingdom. Now, those three elements translate into three things. Loving God, that's our corporate worship service. We're, we leave our homes, we get on the highway, and we come to the highway, right? And we worship God publicly. Corporate worship is something you'll see throughout the scriptures. It's a vital part of our relationship with God. That's where we come out of our comfort zone, right? We come out of our homes and, and a recliner, and we come into a public place, and we just open up our mouths, we lift up our hands, say, God, we love you, and we worship him freely. Corporate worship, that's a loving God. The second thing, loving people, that's our get-togethers. Starting on when? When's our first one? April. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. Two Wednesdays from now. Yeah, loving people. You know, you can't really love God without loving people. Love him, it'll lead you to loving people, because he loves people, right? So it's wonderful to gather together corporately, but that's not the only, you need to, to get together in homes. And we'll see next week in Acts, they did that. They met in the temple regularly, and they met in homes, because it's real life we're living. It's not lived in a, in a building, it's lived where we live, right? So that's a get-togethers. That's what we're talking about now. That's what we're getting ready to launch for the first time here at Highway Church. And then the last one, serving in his kingdom. That's our helps ministries. We call it the dream team. And that's, that's serving in some way. You know? And serving is an unselfish thing, isn't it? Serving is an inconvenient thing. You usually get up earlier, you got to be here earlier, you have to stay later, you got to sometimes spend your own money, you got to use your own gas. But when you realize who you're doing it for, you realize it's, it's, it's become selfish in this way. I want to do it because I know how much it blesses me. So it's a different kind of selfishness, right? Because I know how good God is to those that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is completely his. So you end up starting to fight to serve more. I want to do that. Let me do that, right? So that's the dream team. But we're talking about get-togethers, all right? So what we want to do is we're going to have communion together. And guys, if you could get ready, uh, get the emblems ready. 
And, and we're going to have communion. And communion is a very powerful thing. And we're going to do this just as a reminder of who Christ is and what he's done for us. And to look to God for his help to launch these get-togethers. And I want you to know we're relying on the grace of Jesus Christ for this church. Um, regardless of what gifts or abilities he's given us, we need him uh, really to breathe, you know. It, it's by his grace that we breathe and that we do the things we do. So as we share communion this morning, we're going to put our faith in God to do an amazing thing here in our lives privately and corporately. Um, and the last scripture I just want to share with you before we do that is uh, Psalm 34, verse 8. And it says, Oh, taste and see. Or open your mouth. You got it up there? E? Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. I like that. That's the message. New Living says, Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. So we invite you to connect, to be a part of the highway family, and to taste and see how good God is. I grew up in a church. I didn't want to be there, and I couldn't wait to leave it. It was dry. I'd fall asleep during the thing, but I had to go. had a bunch of rituals and ceremonies that I had to go through to be considered valid, and it didn't do anything for me. It's relationship. We want to give you a relationship here, relationship with him and relationship with each other. So next week, we're going to talk real specific about the get-togethers because God hasn't designed us to live alone. We weren't made to, he, even when he made one man, he told that, he said that it's not good for this man to be alone, right? And he made a woman. We need other people in our lives because you have things I don't have. I have things you don't have, and we come together, you can help me, I can help you, we can experience more of Christ. Isn't that great how we're all unique, right? So you may have a gifting in an area where I don't even know exists yet, and I get to talk with you, like, wow, I learned something. And now my image of Christ expands, see? So I look at you, and I see more of Jesus. So getting together. So we're going to talk about that uh, specifically next week. All right, we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, the very first generation of disciples, verses 42 and, and in that second chapter there. But let's go ahead and uh, get the hand the emblem. Our purpose at Highway Church is to lead people into relationship with Jesus Christ. It's relationship with Christ that transforms a dry, barren heart into a vibrant, growing life. Put your faith in Him and begin living that new life today. In Jesus' name, amen.